0: Host 6. Where do we go from here? There is so much power that comes with understanding. However, this knowledge means little unless it prompts action. As weeks pass, scientists continue to publish new plastic reports, only adding alarm to the already dire scientific narrative around our global plastic problems. Yet we're stuck in a loop a complete cycle of chasing arrows, of complacency, which is perpetuated by its normality. Do you conform to the people around you? No, really, think about it. Do you settle on bringing your own reusable bag to the grocery store, but then leave with that bag full of plastic-wrapped goodies because no one else seems to be batting an eye? Do you buy lunch in a plastic container Accompanied by a plastic packed beverage, eat it with a plastic fork, and then toss it all in the trash simply because that is what is available and because doing so appears to be acceptable culturally? What if we lived in a society adverse to disposability, in which everyone went lengths to avoid single use plastic? In this community, would you be less inclined to be complacent with accepting that plastic fork, container, or bottle, we need to add an element of discomfort to the throwaway culture and make single-use plastic acceptance culturally awkward. In this post, I will propose four action steps, things that individuals like you and me can and must do if we are to begin moving towards solutions to our global plastic problems. One thing is clear. We cannot hope to solve this problem without each one of us massively reducing our single-use plastic footprint. This is not to say that personal action alone will solve the plastic crisis. Systemic shifts are of fundamental importance to build a sustainable future. However, personal small-scale action and systemic change are not mutually exclusive. In fact, they feed off of each other. Yes, small changes do certainly add up, But more importantly, policy change is built upon community awareness, concern, and desire for change. It is only when individuals understand the plastic problem and then choose to own the repercussions of their daily choices, that this concern can grow beyond the individual to form a social movement. Action Step 1 Become conscious of your single-use plastic footprint and endeavor to reduce it. Plastic reduction is an art of changing habits. It is becoming accustomed to carrying around a reusable water bottle or a tumbler as you venture out for your morning coffee and grabbing your own reusable utensils or takeout container for fast, casual food or leftovers. It requires preemptively asking for no straw and no plastic sheeting around your dry cleaning. It means being a conscious consumer and taking that extra minute to source from bulk, to use your own bags and containers, and to find alternatives to all forms of plastic. Changing habits takes momentum as well as time. So I have put together a store of alternatives to single-use plastic, which you may find helpful to facilitate this transition. You may believe that little actions such as switching to a coffee tumbler rather than using a single-use coffee cup each morning, won't have much of an impact. But if we all were to make this change, millions of unrecyclable plastic-lined paper coffee cups, or worse yet, styrofoam coffee cups, previously destined for a landfill, an incinerator, or even the natural environment, could be replaced with a product that can be used over and over again for decades. Some believe that zero waste is a privilege. But striving to reduce your plastic footprint is by no means budget-breaking, and in fact is quite the contrary. The primary focus must be to reduce and reuse plastic items, both of which only appeal to our pocketbooks. Opting for sustainability can mean rinsing the plastic bags you have already accumulated and reusing them as many times as possible or even using mason jars to store bulk food and leftovers. If you do choose to invest in sustainable, reusable products, their value is redeemed quickly by not having to replace them with a continuous stream of single-use, lower-quality products that collectively add up. But to be honest, even when I do my best, I still find that plastic-encased essentials sneak their way into my grocery cart. Unless you live in a zero-waste mecca and have managed to cast all single-use plastic from your life, in which case please share your secret, you are likely in the same boat. Certain essentials, for most of us, simply cannot be sourced in ways other than wrapped in plastic. Realistically, the extent to which we can reduce plastic from our lives is limited by choices made by manufacturers, stores, and suppliers. This just means that you and I have some more work to do. This brings us to action step two. Sign and send letters asking for change from those who sell and wrap everything in plastic. Writing letters is essential to ignite change beyond our own lives. There are so many communities, companies, and stores that want to do the right thing, but may need some nudging. When they understand that we as consumers care, that we are trying to make a difference in our own lives, but that their decisions are inhibiting ours, it is then that we will see systematic shifts. I have composed a handful of letters urging manufacturers, companies, grocery stores, and superstores to stop creating, using, and selling irresponsible packaging to reevaluate their supply chains and eliminate unnecessary plastic. And to use their influence and market share to promote systemic change. You can access them in the letters tab of the Mobilize My Life website. If there are other destinations you would like to see added to this campaign, please share those. Over time, as more letters are drafted, I hope you will revisit the page and consider sending those too. The requests are twofold. There are many changes stores could make today that would enable consumers to cut down on their use of unnecessary plastic. For example, grocery stores could increase the volume and variety of products available in bulk, calibrate their scales to accommodate consumers' reusable bags and containers, and source produce not encased in plastic. We need to enlist cooperation from businesses to enable us, the consumers, to achieve a smaller plastic footprint. However, manufacturers and suppliers are limited in certain ways as well. How can we save products such as cereals, chips, or cookies from going stale without a sealed bag? How can most cheeses and meats be packaged, if not in plastic? When such packaging is necessary, we need a plastic packaging product that won't persist for centuries, ideally fabricated from renewable sources. It must be able to be disposed of within our own communities and break down readily into natural material devoid of harmful chemical byproducts. This plastic exists today as certified compostable plastic. However, a challenge remains. Most communities lack the end of life composting facilities to accommodate this waste stream. Thus, the second request is to ask that companies, manufacturers, and stores use their influence to advocate for industrial composting facilities in every community they touch, and after more facilities are in place, to urge their suppliers to transition to compostable plastics. However, there is a caveat. Gradually implementing compostable plastic, Is not an option. Compostable plastics and conventional plastics contaminate each other's end of life waste stream. Currently, compostable plastics are successfully taking hold in such contained sites as the home stadiums of the Minnesota Twins, Penn State, and Purdue. In these contained environments, compostable plastics can be isolated from recyclables and channeled to their appropriate end of life destination. The opportunity now is to design our uncontained systems to be able to isolate and accommodate compostable plastic packaging. Thus, action step 3. Advocate for industrial composting facilities in your community. The absence of industrial composting facilities in every community is careless from both a climate and an agricultural sustainability perspective not to mention that they could play a leading role in solving the plastic crisis. When we toss our food waste in the trash can, it ends up entombed below ground in a landfill, often in a heavy plastic garbage bag. In such an oxygen-poor environment, organic waste generates methane, a greenhouse gas with a global warming potential 28 to 36 times that of carbon dioxide. However, when composted, Food waste biodegrades into valuable topsoil without producing methane and, as a bonus, also sequesters carbon dioxide. In 2012, the United States composted 8.5% of its municipal solid waste. This small percentage alone mitigated more than 168 million tons of greenhouse gas emissions, equivalent to taking more than 33 million passenger vehicles off the road for a year. Furthermore, topsoil degradation, increased by a lack of composting, is currently a huge cause for concern. Maria Helena Semedo of the UN's Food and Agricultural Organization stated that we may only have 60 years left of topsoil if we continue with business as usual. The world grows 95% of its food in this topsoil. Composting can help lessen the risk faced by our agricultural systems by providing compost material that returns nutrients from food to agricultural soil. If you are not yet convinced, note these other benefits to composting as provided by the EPA. Microorganisms in compost consume contaminants such as heavy metals and chlorinated hydrocarbons present in the soil, water, and air, and convert them into inert byproducts such as carbon dioxide, water, and salts. Composting lessens or even eliminates the need for chemical fertilizers and can create higher agricultural yields. Composting enhances water retention in soils and provides carbon sequestration in which carbon dioxide is removed from the atmosphere and held in the soil. Why wouldn't we work towards establishing composting facilities in every community, particularly when doing so could simultaneously create a path out of the plastic crisis? No longer would we be creating new microplastics. No longer would we have to worry about food residue on our plastic waste. It is true that compostable plastic is currently marginally more expensive than conventional petroleum plastics. However, we need to understand that when we purchase an item wrapped in conventional plastic, the price we pay does not include the costs of cleaning it up or the externalized costs faced by the environment and by animal and human health. These are the hidden but massive costs. It is also true that the transition to compostable plastics becomes much more complicated in our uncontained day-to-day lives. So much consumer confusion already exists surrounding plastic disposal. Thus, slowly adding more and more compostable plastic to the packaging market is not a good option. This would only add yet another dimension of complexity to the current cognitive overload we face when deciding what to do with our plastic waste. Instead, the transition must occur all at once. Plastic film provides the perfect starting point for a transition to compostable plastic, as it is isolatable from other plastic streams. Single-stream recycling, for the most part, has programmed us to understand that plastic packaging film these are plastic bags, wrappers, and cling film, cannot go into the recycling bin. Even the select locations that accept this film for recycling see little participation. The tiny collection bins found at the front of grocery stores remain so empty, while our bags leave the store so full of this plastic. Basically, so much of this film has no opportunity for an environmentally sound end of life and simply becomes waste, even a potential polluter. Numerous cities, including Boulder, Iowa City, Ann Arbor, and San Francisco, already have established composting in their communities, and many others are in the process of following their lead. As soon as these facilities become more widely established around the country, a large-scale shift. From conventional to compostable plastic packaging can be pursued, beginning with plastic film, and then growing to encompass all types of plastic waste. This path forward might be met with opposition by some who argue that this transition will only lead to more confusion, will further contaminate the already compromised recycle stream, and that the compost will be polluted by conventional or recyclable plastics. This reasoning does not and cannot justify an action. The devastation that will ensue if we continue on as we are today dwarfs that of the transition towards a sustainable future. At least with the latter, we move towards solutions. This brings us to the last action step. Stay informed and lead by example. One of the most powerful things you can do In this era of misinformation is to stay informed, understand the deficits of the current plastic recycling system, and understand which plastic items are accepted for recycling in your community. Know the difference between plant-based, biodegradable, and compostable plastics, and know the costs to the planet of continuing on with business as usual. We must understand that this isn't going to be easy. There is a movement in the plastic industry to increase conventional plastic production by 40% over the next decade. But most importantly, we must be cognizant of the fact that the actions and habits of the people around us are some of the greatest determinants of our own behavior. This unconscious mimicking has justified our wasteful habits. However, When you take steps to reduce your own plastic footprint, you unknowingly lead by example. In doing so, you influence and inspire the people around you. Your efforts have impacts far beyond that of the plastic products you do not accept. Your actions ripple out into the community and kindle greater change. Individuals are already doing incredible things. Dirk Zwirfenader Groot working with Marantinga, otherwise known as the Plastic Soup Surfer, gathered data on 16,000 discarded candy wrappers manufactured by Provasco that were found in the Netherlands, Sweden, and Portugal. To do so, they used an app called Pickup10. They then took this evidence to the company's CEO, who, after being shown the consequences of the company's manufacturing decisions, agreed to switch the candy wrappers to paper, a material with far fewer environmental consequences. This change is not only about keeping millions of plastic sweet wrappers out of our streets and waterways. It is heralding a future in which individuals, communities, manufacturers, and organizations hold each other accountable for their packaging decisions. There are many leaders out there, concerned citizens, Scientists, policymakers, entrepreneurs, all creating change. Innovative companies are even looking to create compostable plastic by capturing the carbon building blocks for plastic directly from carbon dioxide and methane in the atmosphere, bypassing the agricultural intermediate altogether. However, we still have a long way to go to reach a tipping point. Now is not the time to be a bystander. Caring is critical, but it is only useful if it is mobilized to create action. This is the end for now. If you have found Plastic Planet Unwrapped meaningful, please share it with the people in your life. If you haven't already, visit plasticplanetunwrapped.com and consider signing and sending the advocacy letters drafted under the Letters tab. Over time, I will create new posts as new information becomes available, and will also compose additional letters for the Sign and Send campaign. I encourage you to follow Plastic Planet Unwrapped on Instagram, like it on Facebook, and subscribe to receive email notifications to receive these updates. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me.